Hey everyone, this is Lynn Bartim, and you are listening to the Apex Hour on KSUU Thunder 91.1. In this show, you get more personal time with the guests who visit Southern Utah University from all over, learning more about their stories and opinions beyond their presentations on stage. We will also give you some new music to listen to and hope to turn you on to some new sounds and new genres. You can find us here every Thursday at 3 p.m. or on the web at seu.edu slash apex. But for now, welcome to this week's show here on Thunder 91.1. All right. Well, welcome in, everyone. What a joy it is to be here on a Wednesday. Oh, my gosh. It's April Fool's Day 2021. My name is Lynn Vartan, and this is kind of a special edition of the Apex Hour. Uh, Yesterday, we had our Festival of Excellence, which is um, just this really amazing thing that we do here at Southern Utah University, where classes are suspended so that everybody on campus can celebrate each other's scholarship. Uh, So we had something like 400 presentations from students and faculty, just all about the cool things that they are doing academically and all the cool projects that they're working on. In the center of the day, Apex Events features the keynote presentation. And this year was really awesome because we got to have one of our favorite guests of all time back to Southern Utah University. And so she is joining us um, remotely all the way from Germany for our radio show at this special time in the morning so that we could not have to talk to her in the middle of the night. So without further ado, I just want to say hello and welcome to Kirsten Plowa. Welcome. Hello, Lynn, and hello, everybody in Utah. It's so nice to be back at this great podcast. Oh, my gosh. Well, Kirsten, you are a writer, a just an entrepreneur of like the highest caliber, a speaker, a a visionary, a leader of leaders. I mean, I am so inspired by you. And I'm so excited to talk to you about topics today that I know you and I are so passionate about. But just in case anybody's listening for the first time, can you just give us like the 45 minute, uh, 45 second snapshot of who you are and what you do? Oh my God, 45 seconds. (laughs) I was born in Munich in Bavaria in Germany, which is pretty much south of Germany. But I think I was, as soon as I was born, I was a traveler already. Um, I love traveling. I've spent years and years away, far away from Munich. I've lived in South Africa. I've worked in Japan. I've lived in the US in Sunshine State, Florida. And um, that was one of my Uh, big passions to travel. And the other passion was really to build companies. It sounds weird, but I really loved that because I always thought uh, when I saw a problem, I thought, oh, there should be a business solving this problem. So I did. I've built um, creative businesses. I've built a consulting business. I've built a tech business. And I love them all. But after some time, um, I've moved on because I think life is all about transformation. And Uh, My latest passion since a couple of years is um, the health and food business. And um, I have learned so much on what to eat, to feel better, to be better, um, to protect your mental health. And I was fascinated, also connected with a personal story 
uh, actually a pretty sad story or stupid story because I did many things wrong in my life. One reason why I'm here today. And so um, my story is a story of, um, I think, learning, growing, uh, loving to interact with people, loving to teach and loving to share experiences. And of course, connecting America, my second home and um, Germany, where I live now. I have a business in Berlin, which is the capital of Germany. And right now I'm connecting with Utah all through Zoom and I'm so happy and thankful for it. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you so much for that introduction. Um, you know, the word that just sticks to me so much is transformation. And that's perhaps a perfect way to start our conversation. Uh, your talk yesterday was all about uh, the power of protecting ourselves. Um, and how that can inspire transformation, lead to transformation, inspire excellence, you know, and I, I just, um, first of all, just love that. And so kind of just to to get going with it, you know, I, I'd love to just talk about your passion for helping people with mental health and um, enter the conversation that way. Um, I know we're working together on some projects that we can talk about, but let's get into it by, by um, saying, how, uh, how did you come to this specific work and the development, for example, of the talk yesterday? Well, um, my talks, um, all of my talks come from personal experiences. I don't believe in theory. I, I never liked theory a lot in school. And I love living examples of things that work and also talking or talking openly about what doesn't work. So um, I had a pretty intense career for over 30 years. I did I worked on TV, I wrote several books, I was on US presidential campaigns, I traveled, I have a foundation I run for girls' educational projects around the world, and I have my own business. So it was a pretty high-octane life, and I loved it, I always did. And I said that yesterday, and I'll be very happy to repeat that, I forgot one very important thing. Um, while I was so active and chasing and challenging and also quite satisfied with um, what happened in my personal life. But I forgot that health and especially mental health is not something that's just there uh, and that's just a given thing. It's given to you when you're happy and lucky uh, when you're born. But then after this, you have to make decisions every single day of your life to keep that health and to protect it. And especially mental health is something where many, many people, including myself, and I mean, we're talking about a mental health crisis globally. We're talking about 13% 13 of the global population. This is nearly a billion people worldwide. They suffer from some kind of mental disorder nearly a billion people. Wow. I was one of them. And um, after I recovered, thank goodness, um, I started to think why this had happened to me. And it wasn't um, enough for me to know that there are nearly a billion other people that <laughs> face the same problem. I wanted to understand. And so I sort of digged myself into this problem. And I found quite some interesting things out how you can um, protect yourself. And I do think that we need this kind of protection because 
all of us, you know, we chase something. We want to grow. We want to, you know, do better. We want to live our best life. And life is pretty complicated and pretty hectic. And it can offer, sometimes it's even pretty confusing and demanding. And um, so we need to adjust to that, that speed, um, that complexity. And I think, frankly, that nobody really taught us that. Right. Nobody told us, hold on, you know, you have to protect in order to protect your health and especially your mental health. You need to tune out, for example. You need to practice mindfulness. You need to eat differently. You even need to think differently every now and then. And so um, since nobody told me <laughs> um, and I fell into that hole of depression and a severe burnout, I thought I'm going to start talking about this because there are so many people out there that are just blind on that eye of personal mental health. And I want to help them avoid the trap in the trap because it's not hard to protect yourself. It's actually quite easy. You just need to know what to do. Exactly. I love all of that 100%. And you know, I am a crusader on the same mission for you. I love it. And um, I'm so happy to to be talking to you about this and also developing projects together uh, to address these things. I mean, here, as you said, you are a citizen of the world living currently in Germany. And, and here we are in Utah sharing these same ideas, these same concepts. Um, these same struggles. And um, it's so important to help people right now. Uh, you know, one of the things you mentioned was, you know, the speed of our world today. And one of the things that I've been, you know, focusing on with my students is, you know, how there are so many things uh, jockeying for your attention. There are so many things that are designed to steal your attention and steal your focus. So having tools in place where, where you can direct, your, you can choose where you are placing your attention. You know, I mean, we turn on our phones and uh, our phones are geotagging, uh, you know, or being geotagged for things all the time. And so there's just constant information pushing to us. So having very, very simple, practical um, things in place to help make informed choices, I think is absolutely amazing. Um, unplugging is one of them. Mindfulness is another. So let's get into those because I know that your talk yesterday and the program that we're working on together lays out some uh, specific areas uh, where you can make informed choices that will lead to better health. And I know the first major one that you have spent so much time researching and are so passionate about is food and nutrition. So I'd love to kind of just invite you to share even more with us, because uh, I know you have tons more detail to share. So talk to us about that important part of this magical pyramid of health. Um, talk to us about the food, the nutrition element and the power of nutrition in terms of our uh, high levels of mental health and increasing our mental health. Okay. Well, this is such a really um, magic topic, Lynn, because I, before I studied uh, integrated nutrition in New York, with the Institute of Integrated Nutrition, I had no idea myself. I mean, I like to cook before uh, I studied that. And I, I love good food. And I, 
I think I didn't even eat unhealthy, you know, what typically is said to be unhealthy. I didn't even do that. But once I learned and I got taught from outstanding professors, from universities, from clinics, uh, from all over the world on the power, especially the healing power of foods, I was just sitting there thinking, gee, why did nobody ever tell me? And um, let's just make a simple example. I think um, because this underlines what my principal belief is. And I'm not, you know, preaching to people, you know, don't eat this or eat more of that. I'm, I'm preaching, um, make, as you said before, make informed decisions, know what is in your food and uh, start to understand what your body needs, what everybody needs. And if we think of our, of our body, um, it's actually very simple. Our body needs to produce energy, right, to get us through the day. And all, all of the um, impact that we experience during the day, if it's um, um, visual impact, auditive impact, uh, if we need to focus on things, whatever the body does, uh, is done through our nervous system and the nervous system and the hormones in our body, they regulate what we think, what we feel and what we do, what we're able to do. So, and the fuel for this, for this whole system, the only option the body has to, to get that fuel is from our food. That's right. the only way. Right. There are some vitamins the body cannot take from the food, vitamin D, for example, it can only produce it if we are exposed to sunlight. But all the main functions of the body, if it's the intestinals, if it's breathing, if it's whatever you look at, energy production, sleep um, is based on, on, on what we give our body. So uh, I said that yesterday with a smile in my eye, but it's actually a sad smile because if we put garbage in our body, it's not, it's not possible to function right. And this doesn't cause a problem the first day. It doesn't cause a problem after the first portion of junk food, but it causes problem if you do it for years and years and years and years. And this is my angle. You know, I, I'm not preaching never eat this or never drink that, but I'm saying know what you drink and what you eat. And for example, if you just take sodas, okay, we all know somehow that we shouldn't drink too much soda because there's just so much sugar in it. But we have not really understood why this is a problem and why we should be aware of how much sugar is in our, our drink. Because if we would know, I'm sure that many people, many more people would say, oh, well, the Mountain Dew has uh, 18 teaspoons of sugar and the American Heart Association, in order to prevent things like diabetes, dementia, and other things, coronary diseases, recommends just six spoons for men per day. Uh, it's like, oh, wait a minute. So if I drink one bottle a day, I already have three times as much as I, I should. So understanding what happens I think it's just so essential. And if we flood our body with uh, toxins, uh, you know, during most of our time, then the body has to work so hard to get the toxins out of our system. And for that, it uses hormones, 
cortisol, for example, to reduce the sugar in our blood system. And this is highly related and clinically proven with mental health issues. And not just sugar, all the other point is fat. So when I teach nutrition, I actually do cook with people. I love doing this. So I invite you all to, you know, come to my kitchen at some point, even if it's just virtually. I, I teach people that fat is not the same thing as fat. There are differences in fat. And you need to understand that there are some fats like olive oil, for example, which is a healthy fat because it, it contains omega-3 and our brain loves omega-3 fatty acids. It just loves them because they keep our brain flexible. Um, it gives it full power and it hates um, the, the, the simple fatty acids um, as we know them from other oils. So for example, French fries are, are, are uh, how do you say, are fried in those simple fatty acids. And that is the problem in our body. So it's not the potato itself, it's the oil you use. So I teach my people to understand to use good oils, walnut oil, um, olive oil, oils that give something valuable to your body and not drain it and have it work against something. I want my food to work for me. I want my food to help me to feel happier, healthier, and to protect me from diseases. And I mean, there are so many diseases out there. What are we talking about? Yeah, exactly. I love all of that. I want to just drive home a few of the things that you said. First of all, it's so awesome that, um, you know, you're right. It's not a punitive thing. Like, don't eat this. Don't eat this ever. You can't eat this. This is terrible. Because that that's not that it's too hard to be so restrictive. You know, the thing is to know what you're putting in your body. What is that doing for you? Or what is that doing against you? And of course, you can make the decision to have French fries, of course, you know, but it's that cumulative thing. Also, if you're having them all the time, what is that doing? And the other thing that you said that is so important that I don't think people always realize is that when you're putting those so-called bad things or junk things or non-useful things in your body, then your body is having to work five times harder to 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 get rid of them, to process them. Um, and it taps into that cortisol, as you were saying, and that's and just an internal way that you are debilitating your mental health. And it's just a fascinating thing to think about. And I just don't, I, I really hope that everyone listening and studying this really gets that, that, that you want your food to work for you. You know, you want it to be helping to fuel your body positively. And that if you do want to have something, you know, naughty every once in a while, that's completely fine, of course. So thank you for all that. I absolutely love all those things. You're very welcome, Lynn. And let me just add, if you think of, you know, putting valuable, using food for your personal health, then um, I would recommend that you think of three things. First of all, where do I get my protein from? Because protein is so important for the muscles. Where do I get valuable fats from? We discussed the omega-3 issue. And where do I get vitamins from? And with vitamins, same thing with fiber, you need to understand the biochemistry about it because the more processed food is, and most of the food we eat is processed. You know, it has been cooked, it has been frozen, it has been in the microwave, it's all processed. So my main recommendation, if you want to feel better and if you observe any issues 
in your body, start cooking and start using more fresh food, more spices, because spices have tons of healing qualities and know what's in your food. Use a good fat, fry it in your pan and you'll be all set. It's, it's just so very simple. But again, I think not many people taught us, you know, we were taught to go shopping, go in the supermarket and just get it. But nobody said, if you do that for 30 years, you will run into severe mental health issues. And, you know, Lynn, um, we don't want to discuss sad things here, but, you know, if you have a mental disorder, if you suffer depression, and so many, many people around the globe do suffer this severe disease, we are talking about deadly issues here. Um, every 35 seconds, somebody kills himself because of a mental disorder. Every 35 seconds, it's a million deaths a year. Yeah. So we're not talking about some, oh, 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 who, let's just eat healthier. We're talking about um, protecting our system, our whole body and our soul from what I call um, tsunami that we don't see out there because it's building up very slowly by the food we eat, by the stress levels we have, by the inability to make the right decisions or to say no and to, to appreciate yourself much more than, you know, than the others and many other things that stress us out and make us unhappy. And again, it builds up over the years. And we see this already with young people. I've seen studies that show that about half of all mental health issues today begin before age 14, half of them, half of them. With children and adolescents, they face the pressures and transitions of coming of age. And most cases go undetected. Yeah. So what I'm saying is it's easy to protect yourself, but we need to start talking about this, how we do it. We need to start experiencing it in the community, on campus, uh, in podcasts, wherever, and say, hey, how are you doing? And how? what did you do today to make sure you stay happy? Oh, I love that. Thank you for acknowledging the the severity, you know, of it. And, and uh, you know, that the statistic on uh, on suicide is just uh, is heartbreaking, you know, uh, and on so many levels. Uh, and and thank you for presenting this this very uh easy in a way, way to start protecting our mental health and to just ask each other, what are you doing today? Uh, what are you doing today for yourself to really help the fuel that is feeding your mind, your emotions and all of those things? Um, we have a lot more areas to cover. I know um, we're excited to talk about mindfulness and uh, social interaction and rest and, and the outdoors and all of those other things that can uh, build that armor, you know, protect us against against the invisible threats, as you say. So, but first I'd like to play a song for you. Um, so I've got all, I've got a, a artist that I um, heard on, on another show earlier this a uh, couple weeks ago, and now I've been completely obsessed. Um, he's an African artist who lives in New York uh, or is currently living in New York. And that's Shirazi, uh, S-H-I-R-A-Z-E-E. -E. And one of his um, little tickets to fame, I mean, 
mean, his all of his music is fantastic. But the song I'm going to play for you is a remake that he did of the Sting. I guess it was a 90s song called Englishman in New York. And I thought of it with Kirsten because she's such a global citizen and loves uh, New York and loves uh, the U.S. so much. Um, so this song, Sting song, Englishman in New York, was a, was a hit for a while. And then Shirazi got Sting's uh, approval, uh, permission to remake it. And so it's a combination of Englishman slash African in New York. You're listening to KSUU Thunder. Under 91.1.
All right, everyone. Well, welcome back to the Apex Hour. That song, I'm telling you, I just love that remake so much. That is, um, you know, it's a remix of Englishman in New York by Sting, um, and but it's African in New York by Shirazi. And I just love what he does to that song to kind of add that, um, that extra groove to it and that like, I'm gonna make it. I just think that's so cool. Such a great addition. You're listening to the Apex Hour. We are here with Kristen Plowa from Germany. Welcome back, Kirsten. Hey, good to be back. And I love the song too. <laughs> the well, you movie. are you are a citizen of the world and I know how much you love New York and all things US. So it was a, a little bit of a tribute to you there. We are here talking about um, the passions that, that you have and that you teach about um, empowering yourself, in, uh, protecting yourself against um, the ongoing mental health crisis that is happening in the world. And really, you know, simple and practical ways to make informed daily decisions. You know, that it's, it's not that you, you have to just stop everything and, and change your whole world, but it's these small choices that you make and, and these small things that you can add to your life so that everything that you are doing, every decision that you are make, making is working towards your benefit. And, and I love that. We talked about nutrition in the last break, but I'd love to get to, into some of the other things that that you you talked about as being important um, parts of these these pillars these these parts of the pyramid that really make um, that really strengthen your mental resilience uh, and one of them is mindfulness and the power of mindfulness uh, as a practice to to help us so um, I'd love to open that discussion and you know I have tons to say on it too so I'm excited to kind of uh, chat with you about it but t- tell us what you think of mindfulness and its importance in our mental health uh, fortitude? Well, mindfulness and regular relaxation is just such an important thing that gets completely underestimated, I think, by many people. Many people seem to think, well, I'm not a yogi, so I'm just not into that. But mindfulness, in order to practice mindfulness, you don't have to be a yogi. You could just go to a window, open it, breathe in, breathe out. And for 30 seconds, um, declutter your mind and just take d- take deep breath and deep, um, how do you say in English, um, a lot of oxygen into your lungs and just disconnect from the outside world in order to reconnect with your inside world. Because what we um, often forget is that our outside world is so intense you know, with all the messages and the light and the technology and the speed. And our brain has to work with all of this all the time in order to um, help us through the day. And we don't realize that. And we don't thank our brain every single second for the great job it does, although we should. But we can help our body and our soul by every now and then practicing mindfulness, which is just Tuning out, you can do it by closing your eyes and just breathing. You can do it by, you know, when you lay in bed, you find a nice um, ritual, for example, a morning ritual when when you're still in bed, you close your eyes and you just give your body and your soul like a minute before you jump into your regular activities of cooking coffee and rushing to the shower and checking Facebook and, 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 and all of this. 
And um, this is just a continuous healing. And what it does, and it's even clinically proven um, among many other experts, that's been done by Dr. Stephen Elardi from the University of Kansas, who even wrote a book, um, not just about mindfulness, but about dealing with depression without drugs. And um, regular relaxation was a, a, a major pillar of his six things he outlined. And he said, too, if we don't do that on a regular basis, our body doesn't learn to relax anymore. It just staggers it up every emotion, every feeling, every impact that we have during the day and the levels of stress and the horm hormonal levels in our body and our blood pressure goes up, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it's a whole body system that answers to stress. Once we practice mindfulness, immediately the blood pressure goes down. Immediately the heart rate goes down. Immediately we can get back in touch with deep feelings that we need to feel in order, for example, to readjust the route we're walking on in the outside world. We need to get in touch with us much more often. And that just means, you know, tune out, practice your mindfulness wherever and however you want to call it, but just be with yourself and, and disconnect from the world and practice the way of powerful breathing. Thank you so much for that. I'd love, if I may, to add a few more things to that, because um, this is an area that I feel very strongly about. And and I, I really appreciate how you say you can you can call it anything you want. You can do it any way you want. And I think that's one thing that I'd like to really emphasize. Um, I think some people, when they think about getting involved in a mindfulness practice, they think, oh, my gosh, I just have to sit still for like 10 minutes. And that. And I just want to say that I am not someone who easily sits still and, and that a mindfulness practice doesn't have to be that. Uh, it can be a lot of different things. Um, for example, um, there, just to give you a few, there are, you know, like you said, standing, standing mindfulness where you just open a favorite window or you just stand outside and just observe, you know, and just look at what's around you. Um, there are also walking meditations that you can find or walking mindfulness practices. Um, there's a great website, mindful.org that has tons of resources available. Um, and then of course, there's moving mindfulness practices, which would include things like yoga. Um, but it can be anything as simple as one minute in the morning or one breath even. Um, it just starts with one big inhale where then you hold it at the top for a few moments, sip in a little bit more air, and then take a long, 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 as long as possible exhale. Um, and that's really, I mean, that's the start, you know, just a simple inhale, hold it at the top for a moment more, take a sip more air, and then very slowly exhale it out. That's really, that's, that's really how you can start with it. It's very, very simple. Um, the other thing that I want to mention is that for those who want to maybe go into it a little bit more, there's two kind of, um, other schools that you can look at. One is, um, you know, what, it, what's considered like a single point mindfulness practice. And that's the kind of thing where, uh, you really focus on one single thing. It could be focusing on the emptiness of your thoughts or focusing on what a candle would look like, you know, but it's really where your, uh, the practice itself is continuing drawing your attention back to a single point focus. Um, and the practice of that is really a focus practice. Um, the 
you're always, always, always your mind's going to wander. That's completely 100% okay. It's just that the minute your mind wanders, the act of bringing it back to that single point is what is the practice. So that's a single point mindfulness practice. For others, you may be really interested in more guided mindfulness practices. These are ones that I use in my class quite a bit. And you can find tons of them online um, that you can modify and use for your own. And that's where you use um, a, a few steps or you use, you could use an app, you can use a guided practice to to really use the time to explore certain things. You can explore a vision of yourself in the future, or you can explore uh, a thing, a feeling like anger or a feeling like calm or a feeling like um, uh, love, or um, you can explore things through guided prompts. And some people find that a much easier way to kind of get into the habit of a practice because you're maybe they feel like you're doing something. But once again, the point is, is that you're, you're gently but firmly pushing out all of the distractions and allowing yourself to be very present in the moment with whatever that moment is, is, is intended for. It could be single point, it could be guided, it could be observing the outside. So, um, and that, that, that is what a practice is. It's not an end. Um, it's not a place that you get to. It's not a, a thing that you achieve or a thing that you check off. It's the practice of training calm and training focus. And the last thing that I just want to add is exactly what you said about how it, it allows us to then navigate when we're in stressful environments. Every activity we do has an activation point in our body, has an activation level of stress. You know, if we're giving a presentation, our level of stress may be high, or if we're experiencing something, you know, traumatic or stressful, our level is going to be high. Um, but we have the ability uh, to control and to decelerate, to um, bring those numbers, to bring those levels down. And what a mindfulness practice does for you is it trains that calm so that you can bring that number down very, very quickly in the same way that athletes do for their heart rate, right? Somebody who exercises a lot is able to bring their heart rate down very quickly after intense activity. Um, that's what we want. Your mindfulness activity is does that. It trains you so that you can bring that active activation level, that stress level down very, very quickly, just like an athlete does with their heartbeat. So those are a few other things to add to the mindfulness conversation. Yeah, those are great examples. Thank you, Lynn. You know, I've never been, um, when somebody would have talked to me about mindfulness, like 10 years ago, I would have been like, ah, I don't have time for that. But today I know it's not a question of if you have time for it or not. It's a question of being. Mm -hmm. It's a question of um, being in the outside world, but also every now and then in the inside world. And the better you connect the two, I mean, we had the Festival of Excellence yesterday at, at um, SUU, and I love that. But if we, when we talk about excellence, we immediately understand that we do need to connect the inside and the outside world. Otherwise, you can't be excellent. Otherwise, you can't excel. Otherwise, you can't live your dreams. And that's what life is about, right? Mm -hmm. And it's not just, it just doesn't happen just on the outside. Right, exactly. And mindfulness is just the tool to, to reconnect with the inside and to bring a calmness and peace there because the outside world you often is not calm and peaceful. It's right. very busy and 
complex and challenging. That's even right. Even if it's, if it's happy in the, in the second, it doesn't matter. It's still on the outside and the inside matters. That's what mental health is all about. That's exactly right. It trains the calm that you can apply to any moment. And you know, just one other thing about mindfulness is, again, it, 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 it can be however you want. Really, it's about bringing presence to any moment. So you can, I mean, doing the dishes can be a mindfulness activity if you are just very devoted to that moment. Um, and so I invite anyone listening to think about it. Maybe you already have a mindfulness practice. Maybe you want to try a sitting still mindfulness practice or a guided meditation or something. But maybe you don't want to do any of those things. I encourage you to find it in another activity. Find a mindfulness practice. Find a way to be in the moment deeply when you're doing dishes, folding laundry, you know, walking to your car. You know, it. This is it's it's something that you cooking can cooking something healthy. Cooking something healthy, indeed. It's something that you can bring to any moment um, that will then empower the other moments in your life when you need it. So, absolutely. And if we can just add, uh, mindfulness also has various benefits uh, that that uh, that empower you throughout the day. For example, um, clinical people know that uh, people who practice regular mindfulness they have much better they achieve much better quality of sleep. And we have millions of people who, and also young people who have problems sleeping well. And if you have problems sleeping well, that does something with your energy level. And it does something with your ability to focus. And it does something with your empathy and um, your social um, capabilities. Sleep is the key there. And mindfulness brings you better sleep because the, the, the body starts remembering a piece and that all through the night helps you to get better sleep. That state of calm becomes a part of you that you can access at any moment and that your body starts naturally accessing. That's exactly right. Um, moving on, you mentioned the outside. And, uh, you know, you, you mentioned about vitamin D. And I know that being outside is one of those uh, other parts of things that is really important to um, protecting our mental health. I wonder if you could talk a little bit about um, the power of the outdoors and the power of light. Yeah, um, I'd love to because um, same thing here. I was I, I was so busy in my life that um, being outside was just part of my free time. And since I didn't have a lot of free time, I thought, oh well, you know, maybe on the weekend I'll do a walk. Thank goodness I have a dog. So he forced me at least to go outside three times a day. And that was very helpful. I'm, I'm telling, I'm serious. Um, but if you don't have a dog, it's still very helpful to understand that um, the fresh air and especially light, the exposure to sunlight is healing for our body. Uh, it's clinically proven that there are many positive effects on the immune system, on the microbiome. And the microbiome is the center of where mental health gets sort of starts or mental disorders. So healing the microbiome um, is such an important thing. And in, in any clinic situation where um, depression or anxiety uh, patients are, um, they eat differently um, to to re rebuild the microbiome and they spend a lot of time outside. And of course they also spend time talking to their doctors and in, in therapy sessions, et cetera, et cetera. 
But um, being outside, first of all, in sunlight so that the body can produce vitamin D and also being in, in nature, in the green nature, for example, in the forest. Uh, we know that in Japan, for example, there are um, scientists, scientists since the 80s that have their own, at, on the university level, their own science of uh, breathing in the forest, shirin-yoku. Yeah, forest and, bathing, um, right? It's a clinical thing. Yes, they put patients, they, they sit in forests, and all they do is they breathe the valuable output from the trees, which is Again, it's scientifically proven that that the air in the forest does something with our body. And it's really, it's called healing. Yeah. So there is so much more than we, we haven't even started to understand it all. But we have what we have understood that the green exposure, um, especially in an urbanized and high tech world that we live in, you know, we spend tons of time at the, on the computer and in video games and in school rooms or in boardrooms or in airplanes, not right now with COVID, of course, but we spend far too much time inside. And we need for our mental health and for our happiness and feeling of intense happiness, we need at least 30 minutes outside every single day. Again, with breathing, with um, getting that good oxygen into our system, with exposing our skin to the sun, hopefully even without sun tanning. Uh, what's it called? Sunscreen. So without sunscreen. And I'm not saying, you know, spend, stay four hours without sunscreen. I'm, I'm talking about 30 minutes. Right. Because if you put sunscreen on our skin, the valuable vitamin D cannot pre be produced because... Um, the, the 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 source doesn't get through our skin. So 30 minutes exposed to sunlight is something very good. And by the way, in Germany, I know that I think in winter time, we don't have a lot of sun in winter, unfortunately, over 70% of people have a deficit in vitamin D. And if you look at mental health patients and depression patients, 95% have a deficit in vitamin D. So wow. what does that tell us? Wow. Vitamin D is a driver of the feeling of happiness. And it's so simple to get it because our body cannot produce it itself. It's a, uh, it's a vitamin that we cannot produce. So we need to be out in the sun regularly. And Not I, for long, but long enough to produce a good vitamin D level. And again, it can happen so many different ways. If you're someone who wants to exercise outside, you, you absolutely can. If you're someone who really likes to hike, you absolutely can. But it can also be just sitting outside and listening to a podcast, or it can just be playing with your, with your pet or just taking a leisurely walk. It doesn't have to be, it can be whatever you want, you know, but, but that light and that sunshine and, and, it can be your mindfulness practice if you want. You can uh, you can sort of double up and make it as powerful as possible. You know, you yeah. can take a walking yeah. thing and and uh, you know put some sort of a, a, a guided mindfulness practice for walking and and really feel just feel a bit of air on your skin on your face. You know, and take the moment to just really enjoy that moment and what you're investing in yourself in that moment. Great! Yeah. How cool. 
Well, unbelievably, I know we could keep talking for hours and hours and hours and hours, but um, I want to make sure that we get to everything. So um, before I have a few last questions, kind of um, some tips and things like that. But before we get to that, I'm wondering if there's anything else that you really want to make sure to get out there for us today in this podcast. Ooh, uh, so many things. But I think uh, when we talk about mental health, Lynn, um, it's just important to understand that um, we're talking about a disease here that is, uh, first of all, it's increasing. Second off, it's sort of invisible. Uh, when you see people on the street, you don't see if they suffer depression or anxiety or um, uh, suffer substance abuse, whatever. Nobody has a sign on, on the forehead. Right. Um, I, I suffer under depression. Um, so I wanted to talk to all of you who feel sad regularly, who feel depressed, who feel unable to cope um, by telling you, first of all, there is help out there. And second of, you're not alone. Right. There are millions and millions of people who have gone through that and still go through it on a daily basis. So the only problem is when you are in that state, in that emotional state, you are not aware, you think you are alone and you think there is no help and you just feel so depleted of energy. But I'm telling you, there are people out there that have gone through this, that have survived this and there is help. So if you feel like that, get help in whatever way. Go to the web, write an email, call a friend, send me an email, talk to Lynn, talk to your teacher, just tell somebody because it's invisible and you have to help people see it so that you get the help you need because it is curable it's protectable too it doesn't need to happen to you but if you have it you can get rid of it too that's right we're ex we're all experiencing it on so many levels you know if you are feeling or starting to recognize that you might be in crisis or entering crisis, absolutely, uh, you know, reach out. And it can be, to, you know, as you said, to, to KP or to me, reach out. Um, it, you don't, if you have a close friend, great that you can reach out for. But if it needs, if you want to reach out to us, you absolutely can. And we'd be more than happy to help in any way and, and point you in the direction. I know we have so many resources available, but sometimes it's hard to know which ones to go to or where to go to and we would love to uh, to just lend a helping hand in any way we can. So thank you again for acknowledging, you know, uh, the depth of this of this crisis, you know, and the depth of what people are experiencing and going through. So, um, well, in terms of last questions, um, you know, we there's so much to do. There's so much we can do. I would love to maybe leave our listeners with maybe three, like, essential tips or like, you know, hints or like the big secrets or the, the big little things that you can do. So KV Kirsten, what do you think are the three, like, what are the three things that you would recommend that somebody can do right now today uh, if they wanted to? All right. Ooh, three. Um, I think the first thing is just a um, realization in, in your head that you make yourself aware that you are the master of your happiness. It's in your hands and it's in your hands by practicing knowledgeable and wise decisions every single day. And concerning food, um, I would recommend that you, as of today, start reading the labels on the food you eat on every single thing. 
um, look at the fat levels, look at the sugar levels, look at the vitamin levels, and decide if it wouldn't be smarter to eat a fresh piece of whatever, <laughs> lemon, uh, apple, watermelon, uh, legumes, and, and you will find that the uh, values speak for that. Um, that's one point, read food labels. Second point, I would say, since we all, most of us have a deficit, not just on the level, which is so important for mental health, magnesium, but also on vitamin levels. Um, either you start to swallow pills, which I don't recommend, supplement, uh, but I would say get something fresh into you every single day. And I do it with a smoothie. I got into smoothies. I've, I know you in America, you have those smoothie stores, but they are very sugary. Those yes, smoothies. that's right. Use your own smoothie with the fruits you love and make sure you have something green in it and something colorful because the, the green has all the bio, the active bio compounds your body needs and um, the fruit has, has the vitamins. And then you just add some uh, like grains or nuts. And this is exactly the omega-3 we talked about that your brain needs. So get, have a smoothie a day and do it yourself and get into the learning experience of what food is good for me and what, what tastes you like, because there are so, there are millions of opportunity. It could be sweet. It could be sour. It could be spicy. Have a smoothie a day and it will keep <laughs> mental health doctors away. <laughs> and last thing I would say, um, don't be afraid to say no. Yeah. Be yourself more often. Because we live in a world where we want to achieve and we want to be with others and we want to do things right so badly. We even It's so bad that, you know, we start faking our pictures on Instagram and because we just want to be so perfect. But I'm telling you, you don't have to be perfect. You have to be yourself in order to be the best you can. And if you do that, you will not suffer mental health issues. But you need to rediscover the strength to say no and say, look, this is what I think. This is who I am. And if you don't like it, that's your problem. And that's my recommendation. And the strength to do that, you will find by the things that, Lynn, you exposed with, um, with mindfulness, with being more, spending more time with yourself, by being in nature, um, eating good food, by the way, also drinking more water and less sodas. And just be good to yourself, you know, boost your energy and boost your health protection by just doing those little simple steps. And as I said, drink your smoothie, read food labels and tune out to tune in. I love it. Thank you so much, Kirsten, for this time together. It's really been a joy. I love that you say be yourself no matter what they say. That's exactly what the Englishman in New York song says. And it's just so fun to bring it full circle. So we will take all of this information and continue to protect ourselves. Uh, and, uh, you know, just on behalf of everyone at SUU and from Apex Events, Kirsten, thank you for your time uh, and for speaking with us all the way from Germany. And I can't wait to continue to collaborate with you. Thank you so, so much. Thank you, Lynn. And you all stay safe, stay happy, stay strong. And if you want to interact with me, send me an email. I know my last name in English is hard to, uh, to how do you say, to pronounce, 
but it's easy to spell. It's P-L-E-H-W-E.com. Perfectplace.com. Write to me. I'm there. And I know, Lynn, you'll be there. So you all have a great weekend. Enjoy your podcast and stay healthy. Thanks, Kirsten. That's it for the Apex Hour, everyone. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the Apex Hour here on KSUU's Thunder 91.1. Come find us again next Thursday at 3 p.m. for more conversations with the visiting guests at Southern Utah University and new music to discover for your next playlist. And in the meantime, we would love to see you at our events on campus. To find out more, check out suu.edu slash apex. Until next week, this is Lynn Vartan saying goodbye from the Apex Hour here on Thunder 91.1.